Hey everybody, Rochelle Austin here. Yesterday, I heard the craziest story. Um, I knew bits and pieces, small details that, you know, our brains automatically fill in the gaps thinking, I wonder what happened. I wonder um, why that went that way. Or I wonder what happened afterward. But a lot of us are just never really brave enough to, to talk about it. And I'm surely not one to go behind a person's back and trying to find out details um, from other people. I mean, there are some instances where I do that, but not when it comes to like gossip type bits and pieces, because this is definitely one of those stories that you hear and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that that happened to you. It is insane, but I know that this happens, but it just, it just blows my mind, especially when it happens to people that you love and care about. And um, so yesterday I was actually, I was actually at the end of a meeting um, I was conversing, uh, me and one other lady, we were conversing um, with this, with my friend. And one thing led to another. I can't remember exactly how the conversation started, but this other, this other person that we were with, she started asking questions like, hey, what happened? You know, what's going on? And I would, I'm glad, you know, I think enough time has passed that she's open enough to telling about her story and what happened to her, you know, really be sensitive about it. But I would say if you guys have any questions about what's going on, definitely go ask the person that has been dealing with it, you know, empathize with them, you know, offer them comfort, you know, especially if they're going through a hard time. Um, and that's what, and that's what this other lady did. And anyway, it turned out to be such a crazy conversation that we probably spoke for about 30 minutes. But all in all, what really happened is um, my friend and her husband, and they have three kids, um, they were planning on moving up to the Pacific Northwest because we love that area, you know, the rain and the green. Um, and being from Arizona, you know, we get moisture, but it's definitely not the same. We're definitely more arid here. And in some ways it's kind of good because you get the sun, but she always left it up there and they were moving. And so they were building a house and he was already up there. I think he had, well, I think he had located a job because he was living up there and establishing themselves. And she would go up there uh, periodically to visit him. And sometimes she would bring the kids. Sometimes she would go alone. This one particular incident is she ended up going up there by herself and just, she had a few days that she was spending the weekend with them. He was at work and she, they were just um, living in a little travel trailer at the time and while their house was being built and she was just up there just checking on things. And um, she found something, okay? She found, um, I think an envelope that had the word boyfriend on it. And so, she was thinking, oh my gosh, what the heck is going on? Because there was zero indication. Like everything was fine, but then, well, I take that back. There was a small indication probably about a month before she said where he seemed a little bit different or a little bit off, but she couldn't put her finger on it. So things were starting to click into place. Anyway, come to find out, yeah, she was searching more and going through things and confronted him in um, person about it. You know, he admitted that he was having an affair. And um, it had been going on for a little while. And this just totally, as you can imagine, this totally floored her. This completely floored her. And she was just devastated. And she found out she still had two days left in her trip up there with him. Um, 
before her plane left, before she could even come home. So it's not like she could even just leave at that point and just leave him. And so, um, she, she found herself a hotel and anyway, as the events happened, you know, of course her kids found out she was able to, you know, discuss with them and they, there was just really heated, hateful words and moments, you know, that were expressed to him. And, you know, as most of you can understand that that is, you know, most of us would probably do that. We, you know, we would express our displeasure vehemently. Like, I know I'm kind of a, a vengeful person that way in some ways. And so I really have to be watchful about that, especially if something were like that to happen. Oh my gosh, that would be ultimate betrayal. And so if this has ever happened to any of you, I am so, so sorry. And I hope that maybe this little story helps you because this is something that I found out. Um, there, she found out that she was trying not to express her displeasure in front of her kids. She was encouraging still a relationship with her kids and her now ex-husband. And she still does and tries to really keep her emotions in check, but just trying to, she felt like she was really going through the grieving process as you would for somebody through, you know, through a death. And I think that's with anybody, you know, if you have a huge traumatic experience like that, where ultimate betrayal, you know, or a death or, you know, a spouse leaves you, you have to go through the grieving process there. You know, you have the denial and the anger and, you know, eventually acceptance and, and just different things have happened that she's trying to force herself to go through the steps because she understands that the quicker that she can do that, the faster that she can heal. So that has been a year and a half. And of course, she still reels from different things that will trigger um, an emotion. And she'll realize too late that her kids will see that emotion on her face and she'll have this physical change that will come over her. And she really tries to manage that so that she tries not to be the parent that forces a wedge between them. She honestly believes, and I, I think this is true, is that he's already done that. She doesn't need to do it. He's already done that. He's already messed up in so many ways. And she says in a way it's kind of been a blessing because he has so much guilt that he's able to um, provide more income because now she's trying to deal with life as a single mom and being, and I will tell you that the job that she has, she does not earn very much money. And it's basically part-time and she does work hard and she's absolutely amazing. But this is crazy on so many different levels. So, so sad. But her attitude, the way she talked, I mean, she obviously was very passionate when speaking and, you know, had a lot of emotion in her voice. And, but you can tell where she was um, versus where a lot of us would be. And I, I include myself in that, right? She, she taught me a great lesson on how to take something that's tragic and turn it into something that she's like, I just, I have to move on from this. I have to, you know, staying where I'm at is just poison. And, and yeah, if you're not forgiving the other person is like trying to poison them when no harm is actually being done. And so that's so, so hard, but you just want things to be right. Sometimes you just want justice, right? But this goes back to an er an article. So, so, oh my gosh, I don't know. I'm a baby. I sobbed, <laughs> but you know, because it's a parent's story and a child's story. And it was actually written by a, her father, a little girl's father. And so really the name of this episode, I'm, I'm talking about the journey 
between I and E. The journey between I and E. What the heck does that mean? And so I basically got that idea from this first article that I read. And uh, my friend's story yesterday reminded me of it. And I wanted to make sure that I talked about it because I think it's so, so important. It's something that's been really on my mind. I think that it's something that we can really draw strength from. Other people experience crappy things. Good people experience hard things, you know. Um, And so when we get to learn from that, I think that is a tender mercy in our own life. And so I hope we can look around us and say, oh my gosh, I really am being heard. I really am being taken care of. People really do care about me because you can get into those dark places and not be sure and, and, and kind of doubt whether anybody cares about whether we exist or not and if we fell off the earth. And I promise you that we do, that people do, okay? And so this father told his son that, um, or told a story about his sweet little girl. She was, I think, three years old um, when I think they found like a weird lump on her. And anyway, they were getting it checked out and they found out that it was a tumor. And then they went on through that and found out that it was cancerous and it was a rare type of cancer and that she had more that was spreading out through her body. And basically it became a death sentence. And she eventually, she did end up passing away when she, I think she was four years old, much too young. Anyway, like I said, guys, I totally cried. (laughs) I totally bawled my eyes out. It's like, no, that's so sad. Um, just because I think of my own kids and, oh, that's just the life that they have so much life ahead of them. But what the man said is that really his whole journey between all of that was to try to get from bitter to better. That is what I'm talking about. The journey between I and E. Okay. Between bitter and better. The difference is the I and the E. And he gave some excellent, excellent resources. You know, he talked about really what, because I think our belief system has a lot to do with it. What is your belief system? And him, he's he's a Christian. Um, he believes that families can be eternal. He doesn't believe that his daughter is gone to him forever. And that she, everything will be made right. Everything will be made whole. And not that it wasn't hard. And not that it didn't suck. And not that he still misses her with all of his heart and soul, but knowing the end point of whatever that is, the end point of that journey to be better, that's what gets him through. And that's what I saw in my friend as well. She recognized that in her horrible situation and the things that she's going to who hurt her, the hand that she didn't deserve, the injustice, that there was still something available to her worthwhile. And she could see that value in her kids. She can see that value in the people that surround her, her family, um, her faith base, you know, her faith in her religion and, you know, the answers that she's receiving on a personal level and just getting to a ploy place where she could turn around the bitter to the better. And so I think that whatever that is, really draw strength on other people, other stories, because I promise that somebody else has already done that. And maybe they have done a little bit more than we have gone through. And so maybe we can search out maybe their story, maybe find out some uh, resources that can help us get from bitter to better, that journey that will take us from I to E. What does that look like in between? It's really a lot of self-reflection, a really lot of um, growth and development on our part, but also just healing, allow that healing to be able to happen. So 
Thank you guys so much. I'm trying not to be depressed. It's actually raining outside. <laughs> I'm sitting in my truck as I'm talking about it. So it's kind of set in the mood. But I really want it to be a message of hope, a message of endurance, a message of caring because we've all felt like we were absolutely alone, that nobody else has been there to rescue us. And I promise that people are available to do that. So uh, love and hugs to all and have a blessed day.